Welcome to Church is Cancelled. I'm your co-host, Shret. Shret. And I'm joined by Big Money Balls, Big Money High Bulls, my co-host this week. Big Money High Bulls, how's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, before we kick off this episode, I wanted to just talk to you about uh, something a little interesting. What's that? How do you feel about rebranding? Huh? Oh, God. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Get out of here. All right. We'll talk about that out off air. Um, today's episode, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, uh, there's there, there, it's a scandal week, right? You know, scandal. We love a good scandal. We love here a good church scandal. Church is canceled. That's right. I mean, it's kind of the entire basis of this podcast. Yeah. This episode is the, the scandal part is kind of light, wouldn't you say? it's going to not take very much time to cover the scandal part. Yeah. Um, I think we'll do it in under a minute. So like it can come out as a short. So, um, so this week we're going to, you know, obviously I always try to give away the subject with my, you know, name of big money highballs. We're going to be talking about bill highballs and willow and willow Creek church. Yeah. Um, Um, Before we do that, I want to get, I want to do our segment as we always do in the very beginning, the, uh, the church cliche of the week. Knock Uh, my socks off. I'm going to try the, uh, this week's church, church, knock my dick out out of the park. (laughs) This week's church cliche. Oh, happens after that final worship song is wrapping up, okay. the uh, the keyboard the keyboard is still going. It's always yeah. a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, it's one of the double decker keyboards too. Yes. I don't know why, because they can only play one deck of. At a, I guess they can play two at a time, but it's a double have, decker keyboard. If you have the spirit of God in you, you can play both. <laughs> All keyboards. things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. That's correct. Even my double-decker keyboard. That's right. So the double-decker keyboard is still going softly in the background Mm. as the pastor says that he wants to continue the worship. Mm. He says, I want to continue our worship to go into the... By reading the scripture. (laughs) No, no, no. Okay. More importantly, we're going to worship by giving now. So now uh, (laughs) buckets are going to be passed around. Uh, you can also like, just uh, scan yeah. the QR code yeah, on the right. back of your sermon notes, which are a fill in the blank because we don't want you to have to think too hard. No. Uh, or you could just go to um, generically named evangelicalchurch.com and yeah. you can give online. You just have to click donate. Let's continue our worship by giving because yeah. giving is also worship. God doesn't well, just want you to sing songs. He wants you to give money to me, your pastor, who may or may not have anything to do with God in general. So let's continue okay. our worship by giving me what's in your pockets. Thank that, you. That is a church cliche, and I will say for the first time ever, I'm just going to say, I think generosity is part of being a Christian. Now, the what you're saying here is, you know, there's a there's a fair criticism here that does generosity always look like giving money to your church, or is it sometimes giving the leftovers of your Jimmy John's to a homeless. No <laughs> leftovers. Were you your bite marks in the sandwich and you ate half of it? 
and you're gonna give it to him? Hey, he's a homeless. What are we like? What does he have? High tech? Like, is, is he like? Is this Michelin starred? What? I mean, come on. I remember one time when we lived in Austin, you had an yeah. idea to give out bags to the homeless. Really okay. generous, Christ-like idea. And okay. in these bags was going to be, you know, some granola bars, some water, some cards with directions and phone numbers for homeless shelters and places right. you could go to get things you'd need, and tiny little <laughs> bottles of vodka. <laughs> just to cut out the middleman uh, right. and just give them what they're going to go for anyways. Yeah, it's just right they, there in the bag. Yeah, I think that right now, I think it might be tiny little bags of fentanyl. But I'm just saying, like, that might be that might be what we have to give to the homeless. But no, like, do you remember, like, we this is off topic, but um, when we had planted that church and we were uh, we would um, there was a homeless there was a lot of homeless people in Austin right where we were. Yeah. Um, uh, where we were. Renting. You, you got to love the homeless in Austin. Like they yeah. work for it. Uh, there was a one guy who played movie trivia with us. Right. Uh, hey, that, that guy was, was fun. right next to our apartment. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, they worked for it. Yeah, yeah the homeless good. here where I am, they don't even have signs. They just like wave at you and are yeah. like, "Feed me, come on, give me a break." Yeah. You gotta work for it. No, like I remember, like uh, there was a homeless guy just camped out on the front lawn of the school that we met at for church. Yeah, and so I, you and I rode to church together. I dropped you off and I said, "I'm gonna go down to the Seven Eleven and grab this guy's sandwich." So I grabbed him whatever sandwiches and the guy's like, well, actually, these are like from yesterday. So you can just take them. I was like, OK, <laughs> I took like, I took took one for myself. And then uh, I gave them to the, the the homeless that was just camped out on the lawn of the school. And he's like, no, thanks. I was like, no, thanks, bro. Like, I... Lord, give me the uh, give me the audacity of this guy. Like, just, you know, I, I know joke. I stopped I stopped. Uh, I used to keep water and granola bars and snacks and stuff in my car to give yeah, to you were homeless. A hippie, yeah, I was living in Memphis, still doing this. I stopped oh. doing it because I le- legitimately had a guy. He was going from car to car in the Starbucks line, asking for food. And he got up to my car and he said, "Hey, man, I'm hungry. Can you help me out?" I said, "Yeah, here you go. I got these snacks. I got granola bars. Got water." And I handed it to him. And he said, "I'm good." And I said, "I called him out. I was like, you just said you were hungry. You're not hungry." He's like, "You eat it." And walked away. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy just ruined my generosity for all homeless people from this point forward. Yeah, I I think that, uh, right. I remember you and I were trying to start an app. And um, so I went and got, I went and registered with one of our competitors, would have been one of the competitors for this this app. And um, I had to go through a training process. And throughout the training process, I was driving my car. And, like, there's a trainer and three other people training with me. And... Uh, there's a homeless guy. So I just reached out and gave him the change. And the guy behind, like some random stranger I'd ever knew, whatever meant in the back of the car goes, don't encourage them. I was like, Oh, come on, man, have some compassion. And then I got a little older and I was like, he's right. Don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, uh guess... so we got off on that, that we went down that rabbit's bum hole yeah. by, uh, <laughs> talking about how generosity is something we should do. <laughs> right. <laughs> that we talked about how we don't do it <laughs> right. anymore. Um, but so this episode, like I said, is about Bill Hybels. So do you just want to give us a brief primer, uh, about his, his, basically the allegations that led to his quitting early of a job he was what, leaving anyway? What's a primer? Is that a prime? Is that a British for a primer? Is that Probably. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, 
Bill, you would just they, want me to go over the allegations, not his whole who he was and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, let's just get the scandal part of this scandal episode out of the okay. way. The scandal is short. Bill Hybels, pastor of a mega church, we'll get into who he was in a moment. The scandalous part is that he was accused. Uh, he got hashtag me too. Uh, and if you're, the, if you're if you're an elder millennial like myself, I was I'm always waiting for this. Thank you. Okay, you Proceed. would. Yeah, it's a pound me too. Yeah, Thank so, you. Yeah, okay. I was waiting for that. You were drinking in your Red Bull. Yeah, I was waiting for the pound me too joke. Okay. Um, yeah. So Have I he got pounded me too, okay. and. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it. I could only, I was a little confused. Was it one or two women came forward? At I least his executive assistant, uh, primarily his executive assistant mm-hmm. came forward and said that there was sexual misconduct or whatever it was, ranging from she was subjected to shoulder massage, unwanted shoulder massages, um, all the way to, um, inappropriate touching fondling she was exposed to pornography that he was apparently showing her Mm. and that she had to engage she didn't say she was forced to engage in oral sex she just said she was subjected to it which is a little unclear yeah i don't were subjected to it but i don't know if consent was given or not or what what was there but uh anyways things that bill heibel should not have been doing uh, with his executive assistant so these allegations came out, and he did what? He denied, denied them. He said, I have never had sexual relations with that woman. Yeah. Um, funny, funny enough, oddly enough, Bill Hybels um, had at one point in time had Bill Clinton on one of his, you know, so, uh, one of his global leadership learned, summits. They learned um, from the best. Yeah. Did you know, this is an interesting fact, um, you probably read the book Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. I did, yeah. I went to an, an event where Lee Strobel spoke. Okay. Um, Lee Strobel was so I never read the book because I'm not a nerd and um, I'm not like I watched the movie though. And in the movie, Lee Strobel goes to a church. That church is Willow Creek, mm-hmm. found, founded by Bill Hybels. It was actually founded by, um, and this is, I was I desperately searched for this video that I saw that inspired this, this episode and couldn't find it where this guy was just breaking down how this, how a lot of churches do this, including Willow Creek, where they have this founding story and the founding myth gets pruned over time and it gets, it gets more interesting and more compelling. And um, Bill Hybels is often credited as the sole founder of, of willow creek uh, willow creek by the way one of the largest churches in the country i think it's like it's bigger than osteen um in terms of their seating capacity they're huge right yeah um and it, I, what i never understood was they never have the cultural they never get the cultural pushback that osteen gets which i don't think that osteen really right. deserves what he gets no i don't either so they had so he had eight hundred thousand dollars missing in a bathroom of his church in the wolf doesn't that happen to everybody with lots of money? I mean, that happens to me all the time. But I wonder, you know, the, and, and so, so Hybels, you know, starts his church in 1975, Willow Creek. It becomes a breakout success. And in 2020, 
Um, he had already said, I think sometime like he had planned, they had already put together an executive search committee and that he was leaving at the end of 2020. That would be, yeah, would the be allegations cool. came out in 2019. Yeah. And so like, I think somewhere in the beginning of 2020, in the midst of everything that was happening, I'm sure that church wasn't meeting. So he's just kind of like, eh. right. you know, they just took a leave and he, he left earlier than I think it was, I think. So this isn't a scandal where something breaks and the pastor loses the church. He left six months before he was going to leave when the place was probably not meeting to begin with. Right. But the reason I thought this was an interesting topic to discuss or scandal to discuss today was, you know, um, in many ways, the church that he built became the model for yeah. building a church and starting a church in the United States of America. Um, yeah, you, he, we, we heard about him. I don't know if we talked about it in our podcast, the Mars Hill, uh, one of our first scandals we did, but if you go listen to the Christianity today podcast about the rise and fall of Mars Hill, Hybels, there's, I think there's some audio okay. of Hybels in there talking about how he got started Yes. Uh, selling tomatoes door to door, starting this this youth group trying to reach out to people. Mm, so okay. this is just to give you some background of maybe that's where I heard that clip of somebody talking about like how the founding mythology of the church gets started. Yeah. And and how that story it turned out that wasn't necessarily true that he was going door to door selling tomatoes. It just well, yeah, and that this it, myth gets <clears throat> perpetuated. Yeah. And, and that legend builds this, like, you know, because there's a church that I know of that's like, you know, the guy just took all his credit cards. And, and I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm just saying that's the story. It's like he took all of his credit cards and he maxed them out and he spent all $70,000 buying audio equipment and video. And he started a church and it blew up into this huge thing. I'm not saying it's not true, but it makes me call into question how many of these stories that we see about mega churches end up being true. Um, and, and part of my other beef as a, as a marketing individual is he's the one who popularized these oh, geez. undiscernible, stupid oh, names. My God. Oh, hold on. Willow hold on. Creek. Right. And he popularized, like, I have no problem with First Baptist because they're the first one. Okay. <laughs> or Fifth Avenue Presbyterian because they're on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> It's very straightforward. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go to church? Willow Creek. Is that a golf course? Is that a retirement community? Is that a, a home. Is yeah. that a commercial multifamily cop? Like, what is this place? Like, it doesn't. And, you know, he, but he created, and, and part of the branding and part of the name was that it isn't like we're not in your face. We're seeker sensitive. Right. And, that was the whole deal. That's it. He started this seeker-friendly model of whatever it takes to get butts in the seat. Uh, mm. We're going to be as relevant as possible. What he did was really, it was truly innovative. Right. He, Credit he words used, do. Yeah, a different kind of, you know, more contemporary music. Stuff that mm. it would sound like you would hear on the radio. The worship mm. band was playing it. Stuff right. to appeal to young people, talking, you know, referencing pop culture in your sermon um, not having messages that are like deeply exegeting scripture, scripture and trying to uncover what it means and go deeper in your faith. He just wanted to get people there and right. make them feel like they had a place where they could belong. Yeah. And, you know, as much as 
you know, we may criticize this and even in this episode, I think there's a something there there. There is something to what he pioneered. Now, um, he created this other thing called Global Leadership Summit in 1995 or six. I think that's when um, you know he had Bill Clinton on, and it really like it was talking about leadership. And he brought business leaders in, and he even had you know the CEO of GE, um, who definitely didn't do anything wrong or uh, never had an accounting scandal ever in his life. <laughs> um, but he he Heibel's you know portrayed himself more as a businessman and as an entrepreneur more than a man of the cloth. Right. And he was kind of the first guy who was like, yeah, I'm going to wear jeans on stage with a button down, but it's untucked and my sleeves are rolled up like a politician. (laughs) You know, and the more and more scandals that you and I talk about, the more my heart softens for these people, these, you know, the, the guys who perpetuate these scandals or create them. And listen, I think it's a little easier for me because I'm not somebody who carries around any church hurt because I was raised in a yeah. non-denominational movement without pastors. So I already kind of was skeptical. Like there, you know, that the Plymouth Brother movement's a little more skeptical of a single leader for reasons that have not become obvious. And, um, but he, you know, he portrayed himself more as a businessman. And people say like, there's a saying that DC is just Hollywood for ugly people. Like everything, like, like, but you know, everything that Hollywood offers a person, like admiration, popularity, acceptance, that's what DC is. And in, in so many ways, planting a future mega church is the exact same thing for people who are like, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough skill to be a politician. I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough, you know, to be in Hollywood, I can start a church and mm-hmm. people. I'm well spoken. Yeah. People yeah. like me. I'm influential. Right. Like, you know, and I'm occasionally I can tell a joke and like he, and for a lot of like p- lovely people who love Jesus, they, I think they go, okay, I'm like, I'm really going to, I think they're in their head. They're, they're like a Ponzi scheme guy. Right. They're like, okay, if I just get enough butts in the seats, mm-hmm. I can, I, we at some point down the road, I'm going to figure out how to give everybody like their, their money back. Right. <laughs> and at some point, most of these guys end up, like Bernie Madoff just going, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. I guess I just run a Ponzi scheme. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I well, think uh, now may be a good time to do our ad. Okay. Okay. Well, as you guys know, we're just, we're just getting started with this new year, 2023. Yes. So new it, year, new sponsor, new year, new sponsor, new year, new you. Now, Who are you? It, you've, I'm sure you've seen all of these different apps and different products and services to help you be accountable. And the problem with most of them I is struggle. they try to use encouragement, right? They try, yeah. you can do it. Believe yeah. in yourself. But this, this new product, okay, and it's, it's, it's not just a pro, it's not just an app, it's a community, okay? It gamifies your shame. My shame. That's right. Well, I it's just... called POS, power of shame. Now, the power of your own shame helps yeah. propel you to achieve greatness by forcing you to state goals, uh-huh. forcing you to give a timeline for those goals. And if you don't achieve those goals, two things happen. You're publicly shamed on the app 
Okay. Um, your mega church is notified. You are forced, Whoa. and if you can't sing, they force you to do a worship song. <laughs> they force you to count the money at the end and go, see, this all could have been yours, but you didn't. It's not yours. You could have. You could have made all this money, but you didn't. <clears throat> and they shame you at the end of a service. And um, oh, shame. Yeah. This could really this could really help me. I struggle with I make a New Year's resolution every year. Okay. And like every other idiot out there, I just can't stick to it. I okay. and I stick to it for three weeks and then I just can't because probably I've never had the power of shame That's to right. keep me going, to keep now, me accountable. If you get to September of twenty twenty three and you haven't hit your goals, yeah. Okay, someone from the power of shame app comes and sleeps with your spouse. Wow, what a! Uh, do you have to pay extra for that, or is that just included in the normal f- monthly fee for the app? Well, actually, the way it works is those who succeed at achieving their goals get a reward, and that reward is they sleep with your wife. Oh. So it's um, it's um, it's a uh, bartering system, right? So uh, the app gives out rewards, and those rewards are sometimes punishments for other people. So, yeah. <sighs> Wow, right. what a great yeah. sponsor. We're just blessed right. to have POS, right. the power of shame. That's right. Uh, where can you find them, Danny, if you want to go sign up for the yep. it's a, it's just an app on the right the... Well, so far right now it's um it's online only. There's they're just oh. they're, they're you know, new year, new app. They're working on the the actual um, phone application, but you can go to powerofshame.ai. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it is kind of a hefty cost, but if you hit all of your marks, you get your money, you get most of your money back. You get about, uh, 70% of your money back. Okay. Um, and, uh, with our, with our coupon code church, you'll get an extra 5%. So if you hit all your marks, you get 75% of your money back. So, um, first good. month is, yeah, it's a thousand bucks. And you get deal. to punish someone else who doesn't meet their marks, right? Well, okay. Listen, <laughs> You can't look at it like a punishment. It's a reward for you. Yeah. Now, what the app does... You get to hold someone accountable, basically, is what I'm that's saying. That's what it is. Oh, okay. You get to be... That makes up for, for the other someone, 25% of my money right. that I've lost. <laughs> that's correct. So, um, of course, you know, you should, you know, verify with your um, spouse and your spiritual leaders <laughs> to make sure that this confines with your moral system. If it doesn't, yeah. that's your problem. But... Um, <laughs> Somebody's wife is in for a surprise. I'm pretty sure in September of this year. But uh, yeah, that's po- power, power, power of shame. That AI. That's right. Uh, Coupon code church. You know what's crazy is if you get to December, they foreclose on your house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to add them. You have to add them as a creditor on your house. <laughs> So you got to lean in second position. Yeah, now it's a lean in third, but yeah, um, they got to lean in third position, and um, but they let you uh, keep. Your car. That's the cool thing is they let you keep. Your car <laughs> thank God, because you have to live somewhere after your wife leaves with a guy that you know she met uh, in September, and then you foreclose. Yeah, so it's wild, but power of shame, it really works, you know. Oh, all right, we're gonna jump back into our episode now. So we were talking, uh, Danny, a little bit about how Bill Heibel started this model. Um, aside from hating the types of uh, generic names he used to, you know, inspire people to name their churches, 
he started this seeker-friendly model to reach out to people who normally would not like to come to church. That's right. Um, I'd be interested to know what you think about that. I know that when I got more involved in church, I was in the Assemblies of God denomination. And being newer in church and hearing the message, feeling like the message of the gospel was like, hey, we have a good thing here. Let's make sure that other people can join in on this good thing. I uh, once had a conversation with a youth pastor. We were like, hey, why don't, why are so many of the sermons like teaching sermons? That's not no one who is coming from the outside. Cause I was like, I was bringing my family. I'm bringing all sorts of people. I'm bringing gay people. I'm bringing people who are, you know, selling their vaginas on the streets. I was bringing all these people, Danny. Wait, I remember and, who uh, you're talking about. No, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she, was that for sale or was that, I thought that was, I thought that was a barter no. of goods. So, no, no, no. well, no, sometimes. Okay. Both. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so I'm like, you know, secret friendly, kind of going to help out if you're going to reach those people. And instead they were teaching about how you shouldn't be gay and you shouldn't sell your snatch on the streets. <laughs> what, I thought, hey, you know, we should, we ought to get some more secret friendly messages in here. So these people, yeah. uh, they're going to come in and the pastor's like, well, you know, it doesn't really work that way. We've got to balance it out. And so you know, in the beginning, I thought we do, we should be seeker friendly all the time. Um, I don't know that I think so much of that now. I think there, but, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that any model of church is going to be perfect for everyone, you know? So what are your thoughts? Do you think we should have more secret friendly services? Yes, no, balance? I, 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 th I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think Sunday morning should always be seeker friendly. And here's why I say that. Um, when people think of church, when do they think of going? Sunday, Sunday. morning. Yeah. Sunday morning, right? Um, now, I actually don't have a problem with creating a, so like Sunday, I actually think Sunday evening services are actually like, you know, like a 6 p.m. is actually cool. I've gone to one of those, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, I prefer that because I'm not a morning person. And like, I, I think that it, if you want people to attend church, what you need to do is knock down any barrier for them to, to get in the seat. Right. So where I, now I don't, I don't know their church in depth. I don't know Willow Creek in depth, but what I do know is, um, you know, I know people who have gone there and consulted or worked or what have you as an outside person. And they, they haven't done a great, what I, from what I understand. I, so sorry, that's, let me answer the question. I think on Sunday morning, it should always be seeker sensitive. And here's why. If you want that deeper teaching, there's seven days in a week. And we're talking about, you know, one and a half hours, one day a week. Yeah. The other days of the week, I think we need to create a funnel for people in church. Mm -hmm. Starts with a seeker friendly message that you actually can apply something from that message in your day to day life. Now, I grew up in a church that was the opposite of seeker friendly. Um, and, the, you know, every Sunday was this hour, hour and a half deep te teaching academic message. Now, if you ask me anything now as a as a more mature Christian, older guy now, I would love to hear some of that stuff like that to me would mm -hmm. be more interesting. But when I'm eight, nine, 10, 15, whatever years old, don't care. And yeah. so 
um, I think that you have other days of the week. I think the whole, if you have this huge building and you're spending, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the case of, um, in the case of uh, Willow Creek here, we're talking about the second largest theater in the country. Kodak theater is the number one. Number two is 7,000 seats. Willow Creek. Okay. Um, If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they have a food court. Mm-hmm. They have a gym. Okay. Now I don't have a problem with any of that because I view the church as the hub of a community. And I sure. believe that as the hub of a community, like if I'm going to go to the gym at lifetime where I or planet fitness, um, which I'm not, I'm not poor enough to go to planet fitness just yet. Um, we'll see how this downturn goes, <laughs> but you know, like, or whatever, if I'm going to pay that, I might as well, I might as well go to my church and be with my church friends and have a, community and um you know if i'm gonna go to mcdonald's i might as well go to the mcdonald's inside of my church right yeah there was a there was a church in uh in memphis and uh i would go there from time to time i had a muslim friend and he always wanted to go hang out there because they had a coffee shop he didn't even know we had been there two or three times together and i was like you know this is a church right he's like no i had no fucking clue Okay. Uh, so, so like, well, don't have Muslim friends. That's the first <laughs> the first lesson there. I'm just kidding. Well, no, if you want to do outreach, you want to reach people who don't think the same way. Yeah. And there's a coffee shop. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. You're going to get people in the door who otherwise wouldn't be there who might say, hey, this place is pretty cool. Nobody has, uh, you know, kicked me out for looking the way I look or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll check it out one of these Sundays. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that I have that mentality of like the point my view is the point of church service on Sunday morning is not for the seasoned Christian mm-hmm. it, that, that it, you should attend, you should be there and you may learn something, you may get something out of it. But if you're looking, and I believe this is a failure of the church to adequately train their parishioners if you are going to church on Sunday morning, expect expecting a uh, spiritual experience that feeds you, I think you're that you have a misplaced understanding yeah. of church. I I don't view church as the place where you get spiritual growth. I view it as the hub of a community, and it should ser- it should do a better job of serving people. There's no point of preaching to the choir; they're already on the team, right? Yeah, the choir needs other other help. So yeah. that's a lot of I churches think. have gotten away from the model where it may be more seeker friendly on Sundays, but now they have groups, right? They got like small groups, life groups, whatever they call them. They're all some name is they're all similar right. uh, that you can go to during the week for more of that deeper personal growth. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think that's the, you know, I think if we're, if, if you're going to bother being a Christian, I think that, you know, it should encompass everything that you do. Well, I think that's if we, we look at the what's a biblical model of the church. I think that's really We're talking difficult. about Willow Creek. Don't bring the Bible into this. OK, I'm kidding. Right, well, Willow Creek certainly not a biblical model of the church. I mean, they didn't have these mega churches. Church wasn't held in the Coliseum. You know, we didn't have everybody getting together in stadiums. We had people to getting together in their homes. And there could be large groups of people, but still large is not in the thousands like we see today. And there wasn't professional grade bands and music performances and media, multimedia. 
No, you're wrong. It, it, you're wrong. What it, no, no, it was when, when it, Jesus fed the five thousand. How many people were there? Okay, two, all right, two, thank two thousand less than can fit in Willow Creek. <laughs> right. All right, fair point. Fair Jesus, point. Jesus, Jesus did say you would do greater things than he did. We got to, we got seating right. capacity. No, fair but, point. But yeah. I, I think it looks a little bit more maybe like small groups. That's maybe more of the original model of a church is people gathering together in more tight knit communities and sharing through the good and the bad of life together. Um, so I, I, I yeah. think that's maybe more what it looks like. I, I don't know. I could, you, you, as you, you said, 5,000. Yeah. You and I were part of a small group that didn't like us. <laughs> At yeah. least the people whose home we met in were like, yeah, it's okay if you don't come back. Well, that I'm, was more you than me. That's probably true. That is true. That was it was more me. Um, happens all the time, though. Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. No, no, yeah. uh, you know, I remember I had a, uh, I don't know if he was a professor or whatever, at, at college, a uh, instructor. And um, he said he had done some consulting or something. I don't know what for Willow Creek. And uh, there was a church family that he stayed with. And the, 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 the wife or the mother of the house uh, sat him down and they were having dinner. And she goes, you know, I just, I feel like I'll never live up to the 10 commandments. And he goes, yeah, I know. And she's like, yeah, but then like, how do I know if I'm really saved? And he just like, I could, I can just imagine at that point, he's putting his head there going, (laughs) how long have you been going to Willow Creek? And she goes, Oh, like 15 years. Oh Uh, yeah. And so, I think that the the failure point is that there isn't a better or stricter enforcement of, and this I know that it irritates. I actually know somebody who left a church plant because they're like, ugh, they're always talking about going to the groups. I feel like if I go on Sunday, that should be enough. I'm like enough for what? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where you know I don't I don't have a lot of. Um, deeper thoughts on that i I don't i think that it's not a bad model um let's let's talk about the model of you said something before of how like the plymouth brethren were always skeptical of we take this guy mm -hmm. and we have this this guy who he's our guy he's Mm -hmm. our uh He's our Bill Hybels. Right. He's our. He's our conduit to heaven. He's our in Mars a lot of ways. Hill. Yeah. Our uh, what? What was it? His name again? Ari forgot. Uh, he's uh, uh, Ari Shafir. T-shirt guy. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll. We yeah. have this one guy who's super famous and encompasses everything we're about. Yeah. And we put him at the top, and we put him on a pedestal. Right. And in this instance with Bill Hybels, the same as with Mars Hill, everybody comes at the end and they look back hindsight 2020 and they say, oh, our board of elders didn't do a good enough job keeping this guy accountable. Yeah. So what do you think of that model? One of the articles you even put that you sent over to me to do research for this episode, the author was saying what happened with Bill Hybels is a case to bring back and reinforce denominationalism. And that's the solution to it, these scandals is denominations, no, the, the, boards the, of elders and accountability. Well, all of that's good, right? And, you know, a guy who criticized the Willow Creek model um, recently had his board of elders um, put him out for three months. Um, it's the village church, Matt Chandler. 
um, for not, and he didn't even like, he didn't even text. He didn't even DM a lady, a picture of his peepee. He didn't even do anything inappropriate. He just made a joke about the consumption of alcohol in a DM and the board of elders put him out. And a few weeks ago, um, somewhere at the end of 2020, they brought him back and he was like, no, I'm grateful that the elders put me out for three. I mean, this guy got a free three months vacation. Of course he's happy about it. I mean, yeah, no, but I'm just saying, I think the ex the problem is we're expecting like the the reference I made earlier that you know DC is just Hollywood for ugly people and you know the mega churches are just DC and Hollywood for Christian people and I still think if Bill Hybels says he believes in Jesus I believe him I, I'm not saying that he's not anything other than who he is but I'm just saying we're we're putting too much pressure on these people to be anything yeah. other than human. Right. And we're placing an expectation on them of like, like, you know, I know at a church that I used to go to, um, he had a, the pastor had a, I would say she was an attractive assistant and they said, we're going to have to put you somewhere else in the church. Like we have to find you a different job. And he got a dude. And I was like, well, that works, but also, you know, I don't, you know. Yeah. I mean, this woman just got penalized for being attractive. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, and she's a beautiful lady, but, you know, it we can't put an expectation on people to be anything other than human. Right. And, and I don't so, know what I see happening in all these scandals is then the board, the entire board has to resign or apologize yeah. or something. Ah, oh, we didn't do we didn't keep them accountable enough. I mean, what what can you really do to control someone's behavior like that? Like if guy yeah. wants to. If he wants to do inappropriate shoulder massages and, you know, get a blowy under the desk in his office, how are you really going to stop that? Well, like if you're for, like, for instance, if you're Ted Haggard and you're like, I'm going to get rid of my female assistant as to not tempt <laughs> myself and replace him with a twink, <laughs> replace her with a twink. You just go, wait, you just made the like the board of elders is going to be behind you your overseers yeah. are going to be behind you True. your your church planting network and your denomination everybody's going to support that decision mm. and then you're going to get caught with him in Mykonos wearing those really <laughs> small bathing suits like wearing speedos yeah and in Mykonos eating baklava off of each other <laughs> i'm just saying like you know that like we there's but at the same time the argument is my argument is like we should do everything that we can to prevent the, you know, a, an act of impropriety. And if that means that we get rid of the pretty girl and I think if it was a homely girl, I think everyone would have been okay. <laughs> they would have been okay. But that it just, it just wasn't that kind of church. It didn't attract a lot of uggos until recently. I think. How about, um, like I said before, uh, with the Ted Haggard one, if you're a, a pastor in this position where you're saying, Hey, we can't do these things. We can't be guys who sleep with guys. We can't be leaders who get handies from our executive assistants. If you're a guy saying you can't do those things, how about when you start having a problem, you hold yourself accountable and you say to someone, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to need some time off or I'm going to need to choose to, to move my own office away from her office. She can keep doing what she's doing and do her job, or maybe right. this job has just become too much for me. Maybe I need to look for something else to do. Um, you know, why, why can't 
people there. The problem I see with the church is we made it. Like you said, we were expecting these people to be more than human. So they don't think that they can ask for help when they need to, or step down when they should. There's probably too much money involved. That's enticing is going to keep you want to, you know, I don't want to give that position up. Uh, so we, that is what I think is the problem. There's too much pressure to be more than human and there's too much money. There's too much status and celebrity. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the, there's one problem we're not going to cure. Human beings are status seeking animals. We want status. And the way you got status in the nineties was lots of money. The way you get status now is having the right sociopolitical ideas. And so I just think that, you know, that's just humanity. So yeah, like the more and more we do these, the, 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 these scandal episodes, the more and more I go, ah, buddy, you know, like there's a, like at least, you know, two, two weeks ago, we had Ravi Zacharias, at least he bought his own massage parlors, you know, and at least he got to die before everything went down like for him. But no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I think that you're, you're right in saying that like, we, we can't put too much pressure on these. You can't expect him to be anything other than a horny dude. It doesn't matter how old he is. The guy's close. I think he's getting close to 70. Like even if his stuff doesn't work the same way it did before, like it, it, you can't placing the expectation on him be anything other than a man is like when, when I hear people say stuff like, well, he should just control himself. That's the, and I've made this comparison more than once on this, on this um, podcast, which is that is the same thing as saying, well, he should just pray away his gay. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like more or less. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. if he knows, I mean, he knows ahead of time, it's not like all of a sudden, Oh, he's just got his hand down his assistant shirt. Yeah. You know, he have been thinking about it for a while and probably had this plan that he came up with to do it. He, you know, why, we need to give our leaders a, an out, an outlet. We need to give them yeah. an out if they're having yeah. a tough time, whether it's that or, or drugs or, you know, oh man, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to think that maybe I should take some of this money and move it over here to my personal accounts. Right. We need to be able to, for them to, to step down on their own and, and not, not have to face shame, you know, sort of a no questions asked uh, where we can avoid this. Uh, but, but we don't, they have to be perfect the whole time and they do it up until the point where they're not and everyone finds out in some tragic way and someone gets hurt and multiple people get hurt and, Cause we didn't get, there was no, there was no escape valve. There was no emergency exit that they could just bow out of. Yeah. And you know, in the case of like money laundering or taking money or embezzlement, what you really need to do is you need to set up your own private 501 C three before you start the church and you compensate the church compensates the 501 C three. That's a international ministry. Right. And that way from the beginning, you already set yourself up to be uh, above board because that's yeah. Yeah, because you're not. Which is why you money. should give to the church's canceled international ministries <laughs> outreach program. It's That's our right. new nonprofit that we've That's started. Right. Um, yep. Please so, consider giving and continuing your worship in that way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, CCL, like it's called. Uh, church is canceled international organization operation ministries group <laughs> tabernacle. <laughs> uh, if you just had international. Of the living and, word. Yeah, if you just had. <laughs> Tabernacle, International, and of the Living Word, automatically Black Church. Uh, 
it it doesn't matter. You can plant that church in the whitest neighborhood. All you have to do is add the word Tabernacle International Living Word. Done. Um, but yeah, so I think that I mean I, I don't know what else there is to to really say at this one, right? There's not. I mean, I think that yeah, so I had this last question here. Um, so we address the seeker sensitive, a bad model. It, it is a bad model if that's your entire if that's the entirety of what you're doing. It's an incomplete model. Yes, incomplete would be the correct way of putting it. Like you need more, you need more stuff there, and it's groups and other stuff. You're right. But we but. can't, you know, we can't put aside the fact that, you know, Willow Creek has a seven thousand seat church, and it's effective at getting butts in the seats. Now, I've said this about other churches that I disagree with that I wouldn't attend that have the weird flag outside of the front, which every six months there's a new version of it. So they have to keep replacing them. And I wonder if they have to raise money. Like, I wonder if I go on the church website, like, donate for the new pride flag. Um, the pride cometh before the fall flag. We're going to put a new one up. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you, you know, um, if somebody accidentally walked into that church, um, and decided to investigate the gospel further, and they came to meet Jesus, and then the subsequent reality is that they changed their entire families. Everything about their entire family got changed, and um, the future got changed in that moment because one person, I think it was worth it. It was all, mm-hmm. and that is a really, really, really hard um, pill to swallow yeah. because in the midst of all of that, there's people who are getting hurt. You know, the, the assistant had to pretend like she didn't like when Bill Heibel touched her. <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know that that's true, but uh, you know, um, this guy had, I mean, Heibel's, you know, at some point you realize these guys have so much money that it's no longer about money. It's about the status. Mm-hmm. And this, this happened to a church here in Minnesota. And, um, you know, the whole organization it was called Evergreen. Maybe we'll end up, we'll dive into it and look into it. But uh, it, it was one of those things where like the guy just kept denying that he did anything wrong. And I was like, oh, it's probably true. He didn't do anything wrong. And then I remember a friend of mine was like, oh, no, no. I, I knew that he was a scumbag uh, 20 years ago because someone that I am related to said that he tried to peek down a shirt. And so I was like, oh, so this guy's been a scumbag forever, but he has plenty of money. So this isn't, it's no longer about money. It's about, I don't, I have a poor reputation. Yeah. It's about status. And you know, like the, and that, that's the part to me. That's like, I I can forgive somebody who's money hungry and uses the, like they go, okay, the fastest way for me to make money is to plant a church. I don't, I think that's stupid. That's a stupid thought, but the fastest way for you to make money is to start a course about planting churches and sell it for $997 on Gumroad. But the point is like, I, I think there's, there's a person like that out there. I can forgive that. It's a person who goes, no, I need people to think I'm holy. That's the guy who I go, all right, you need something that I, I you need help. Right. Yeah. So I was needed help. Instead, he just got a handy from his busty uh, assistant. So, you know, and listen, I'll just say one parting thought here. Stop being attractive. Like, I don't. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't blame me. 
you need to stop being good looking. That is not my problem. You know? Oh, please forgive. Big money highballs over here, everyone. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that's it. You know, for that last comment, big money highballs, you are canceled. Well, thank you. And Brett, um, just some, I just want to continue our worship in this way and let you Good. know that you're canceled also. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's right. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on Church is Canceled. Or maybe we just stop and we quit. <laughs> <laughs>